how good it is to come together for prayer on the air. We are individuals in 51 different countries of all different religions, Jews, Christians, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, atheists, spiritual, but not religious. We're coming together for the unifying experience of prayer and prayer as a healing energy, as a mystery, a gift. We really come together to open and hear that operative word open to prayer on behalf of one another on behalf of ourselves. And why do we do this? We do this to live free of fear and to live deeper in a conscious embodiment and radiance of joy and love. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other podcast streaming services, and you're also welcome to join live Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to my website and sign up, and I will send you the link to participate live. We begin with an opening prayer. It is so stunning, isn't it, that these holy individuals who've lived Thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, holy individuals living here now on the planet who are fully awake to reality. When I say reality, I mean reality with a capital R. And from all these different places in the world that these different individuals have lived or lived, it's an amazingly, stunningly similar message. And it is one or another version of this. Love is all there is. Love is all that is real. That life essentially is more thrilling and kind and wonderful than we imagine it to be. And we as humanity are suffering not because of life itself, but because of what we think about life. So we're living life kind of one remove from life itself. So am I experiencing this day or my thoughts about this day? And so we're so heavily weighted with the thinking mind, with the push-pull of duality, which is, again, a fabrication. So as we pray this opening prayer, I am holding space for myself and you to drop the story of good and bad, right and wrong, shouldn't, shouldn't, he did, he didn't, she did, she didn't, they said this, they said that. We're seeing through the power of prayer what happens when we, you know, quite literally bow our heads. So bow the fear-based thought process. We're bowing. What is the fear-based thought process? We're bowing ego. We're bowing, edging God out. And ego, fear-based thinking, right? You'd think, oh, how easy would it be to let go of that? That's no fun. But within the construct of ego, the belief exists that we need all this fear to survive. To survive. So it's all this survival mechanisms. 
So it's an extraordinary courageous act when we pray because we are willing when we pray to die daily unto ourselves. We're, we're willing to die unto my self-righteousness of even three minutes ago, five minutes ago, this morning. The ego, I know, I know. It's the I know, I know, I already know. Well, I know that, I know. It's the I know mind. And we're entering into the I don't know mind, into the open mind. And this not knowing, this vast unknown, this is love. So I bless each and every one of us with courage as we are listening, as we are praying together. Courage to be available to love, to the holy instant, to the eternal now, to the presence. When we think of God as presence, when we think of the now moment as the present. So let us open through the power of prayer that we might be in divine alignment with the good news, with the now moment. And so as I open my heart to this for myself, I open my heart to this for you. As you open your heart to be present in the loving May you open your heart for me that I'm present in the loving and that all who are listening with you or are listening to this podcast at some other given time, just we're opening for one another. Prayer does not bind us geographically. It binds us in love and we can transcend space and time, opening to the here, to the now. I bless this prayer on the air. I bless it accepting that what is to be said is said. What is to be heard is heard. What is to be released is released. And that which is to be embraced is embraced. Amen. 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 I don't know what it's like for you, but for me it's a marathon, this waking up from my dualistic field of thinking. It's a marathon for me waking up from my ego. I mean, I'd love to come on next week and go, oh my God, I crossed the finish line. I mean, and I'm open. I'm really open for that. <laughs> but I, I just find it so interesting that I am still compelled by that fear-based narrative. It, it, it's stunning to me, and it just requires so much self-compassion. So much self-compassion. So much self-compassion. And I just wonder, do you know what self-compassion is? You know, I really didn't until I watched Kristen Neff's um, uh, TED Talk on self-compassion. It's a 20-minute TED Talk. Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N Neff, N-E-F-F. It's a short little simple explanation of how to actually presence compassion for yourself. So it really requires compassion as we awaken to the love that we are. I know for years, uh, and I'm sure many people were like getting this way before I was, obviously, uh, but I, I remember for years just thinking, how could the present moment be interesting? 
like, you know, I have so many future plans, you know, my future plans, you know, this is what's interesting, like just noodling on what's going to happen next or what happened in my interpretation of the past and my projections of the future. Like who wants to be here and now, like what's going on here and now. And yet, as I've fortunately, blessedly grown, it's like in these amazing moments when I am fully here, fully now, I, I'm, again, I'm stunned why I would ever want to leave this grace, this simplicity, this inner quietude, this happiness. There's happiness when we release our concepts, this fabrication of past and future. So I invite you to raise your hand for uh, a prayer request, and we'll start with Irene. Hi, Irene. Just unmute, and we'll begin. Hello, Angela and everyone. Hi. Thank you for, for the prayer on the air. It's just really wonderful, really expansive. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So, um, wow, after that introduction, I don't know, but my concern is the reason I raised my hand. It is a concern. It's um, a forest in Mason County, Washington State, and uh, it's called Sherwood Forest. And it has, uh, it's not, quote, an old growth forest, which is 100 years plus. They do have 100 years trees. Uh, and a, a huge uh, undergrowth, and uh, but it's it was built it was planted in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Sold, and it's just been sold for clear cutting. Mm. And in this area, in Mason County, it's it's the most viable of these older forests. And it's like the only one is the, it's the largest one. Let me say that. And they just want to clear cut it and uh, to make money. And it just feels like, you know, in, in my heart, why this old forest? Why not other ones? Because, you know, for its beauty, its history, its knowledge, its right to live, its the way it affects our environment and also people being able to go and just breathe in the beauty mm-hmm. and the undergrowth and the animals, our air. And so I'm, I would just like prayers for the best thing to be done and for all our hearts to open for this forest and also just nature in general, to open ourselves to the importance and the beauty. Yeah. I'm curious, is there anything happening there where people are actively wanting to really preserve the forest? Yes. And uh, I think it was, you know, a little bit later. And it's also, I don't really know. I don't live there. A friend lives there. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's somehow tied up with the state of Washington education. Uh huh. So I'm in Texas and I know that we have the PUFA and the petroleum money goes to the state universities. I don't know if this is universities or if this is uh-huh. lower level, you know, high school, but it's money 
from the forest mm-hmm. tied into education. Okay. And it's, it's just been sold the rights, but it's still being fought. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Ah, so isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that Irene brings us this extraordinary thing to hold into prayer? And you said it's called Sherwood Forest. Right. Just like Robin Hood Mm -hmm. and the idea of selling it, they changed it to S-U-R-E wood for this, for the clear cutting. So like as clear cut, it'll be called S-U-R-E wood, but uh, it's named just like Robin Hood's S-H-E-R. Right. Okay. Ah, so this is an amazing thing to bring into prayer for so many reasons, especially given our opening introduction. So you can see already for at least me and tell me if this is how it is for you, Irene, but like, I'm already thinking past future, like the past of the beautiful, beautiful forest, the future, it being clear cut, you know, now my heart is hurting thinking of this. And now I'm thinking of the ecosystem of the forest. I'm thinking of the animals, you know, I'm thinking of the, just the tragedy. Then I think about this woman I met. Um, I wish I, I want to say, wow, I'm so sad. I can't remember her name, but it's something like, I, I doubt this is it, but I, I want to say Julia butterfly. I know that can't be her name, but it's the woman who didn't want a tree to be cut down so she lived in the tree what do you know her name butterfly sounds right but i don't know that's it yeah I, I, um, I don't know but yeah don't know. anyway but she lived in that tree for a couple of years, couple of years you know and just like how important trees are how much i need trees and it is extraordinary to tr- hug a tree I, i'm assuming some of you have hugged trees and know what that feels like and so many of us have not hugged trees So I go, so can you see how my mind goes to all this story already? I'm thinking of the money people and their power. I'm thinking of, you know, movies I've watched, news reports I've seen, you know, with this, you know, kind of story. So to enter prayer, we have to release all of that. Isn't that stunning? All of our story making we have to release to go deep into prayer. And it's so compelling to be in that story. Like, oh, let's just have some tea and talk about how terrible this could be. See? So it, it it's really, really, when I say it takes courage, it also takes an inner strength to stop that. So I'm going to pray from the presence and the power of God right where this story, where this forest is. So right now, right here, this forest is Sherwood Forest. There's infinite intelligence, the intelligence of nature where this forest is, and this forest is an emanation of love itself. This forest is an emanation of God, an expression of God. And where there is God, there is life. So let us be present for the teeming life of this forest 
right here, right now, happening in the holy instant, in the now moment. So let us be awake in prayer to the liveness of this forest, the depth of the dark earth, the dew, the insects, the wildlife. And we come together to meet Sherwood Forest in prayer, to meet Sherwood Forest in its power, in its power to be. So I accept that Sherwood Forest is a divine iteration, a divine expression of God planted in the 1930s by people, and yet a divine idea in the mind of God. So I am trusting God at the very center of this forest. I am trusting God at the circumference at this forest. I am trusting God in the depth of the depth that the depth of this forest. I am trusting God in the sky above it. I am trusting God in the margins all around this forest, and I bless this forest. I accept that with God for this forest, nothing can be against it. Nothing. In God, there is a way. God makes a way out of no way. I am secure in the awareness of the power of God in, through, and as this forest. And I say, thank you, 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 universe. Thank you, God. Thank you, reality, for expressing, expressing as this forest. And I bow to this forest. And I say, thank you to Sherwood Forest. And I allow and let my mind be stayed on thee in relationship to Sherwood Forest, meaning I allow myself to remain on vigil for this belongs to God. And what God has created, let no man put us under. That God is all-powerful. Divine love is all-powerful. That is what I'm knowing in through and as this forest. I speak the highest prayer. I know it is a prayer of supreme joy. Thy will be done. And so it is. Amen. 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 All is well. All shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. Amen. How does that feel, Irene? How does that feel, that prayer? And tell me any shifts you experience in your consciousness praying that with me. Very powerful. How could I go beyond that? <laughs> God's will. And how appropriate is that prayer for absolutely anything? Yes. So that's, we've just, you know, we've we've shifted, right, from the, Fear. From the fear to the anger. love. Yeah, the, all that, the fear, the anger to the love and the stillness. 
and the stillness within the love. So I feel the shift and that's what we're just allowing. I also feel inspired to think that there's a forest that was planted in the 1930s that's already old and beautiful. And I think of that being less than a hundred years old. And I've always wanted to join tree people in LA. I never have. I've done a few of their volunteer projects, but they have the most amazing thing. Uh, mission is to create LA to be an urban, uh, an, to be an urban forest. You know, many people think of LA as just concrete, concrete. And it's just like, man, you inspire me to want to be part of that. There's another amazing organization with an extraordinary woman. I've actually had the privilege to uh, interview. Her name is Claire Dubois. And she has this interesting organization called Tree Sisters. I don't know if you're aware of her, but she was like, like she became, she had a, like a vision, like a, a calling to plant as many trees as possible all around the equator. Whoa. That, that, that wow. we would cool the planet by planting trees around the equators. And she has created a organization where women are planting these trees all around the equator. And she has this process she teaches of sistering where she also helps women trust women. Wow. So it's like healing the relationship between women and planting these trees. And she is doing amazing work. And um, it's one of my most precious uh, things I care about. So I'm just, you know, you, you enlighten me to that, like, like, you know, could I be part of planning a forest that is alive in a hundred years from now? So I, I find your prayer request particularly uh, motivating for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. So start, uh, I'm always going start two. That was our old thing. So raise your hand if you would like to um, receive prayer. In the meantime, I will go to our written requests. So just raise your hand. Yes, Julia Butterfly Hill. Thank you, Cheryl. She told us that. Julia Butterfly Hill. I feel good that I got part of that right. Um, not that it's about me, but thank you, Cheryl. Julia Butterfly Hill. Yeah, I actually met her in person too, and that was amazing. Um, so we are going to go here to scrolling to find. Okay, Diane. Okay, now we're going to put all of our love and our energy around Diane. I would just like some prayers about my relationship with my sister. I feel she has no empathy for or shows any interest in anyone but herself. I'm aware I'm being judged, but I also feel hurt and annoyed. Meaning you're, you're aware you're judging. Is that what you mean? I suspect there may be a medical cause, but don't know for certain. I feel weary of this one-sided relationship, and I am tending now to not reach out to her, simply to just respond to her communication with me. I can't talk to her about this, as she's so defensive about everything. Okay. 
All right, Diane, I'm sure many of us can relate to this and in one way or another. So beloved, 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 beloved Diane, the first thing we want to notice, notice, and this is understandable. This is not any kind of, you know, incrimination, but just notice how you are needing your sister to be different than she is. You're needing something from someone else. We all do this. You know, someone hurt my feelings. Someone triggered me. You know, well, if they, if their tone of voice had just been different or why didn't they ask me about me? You know, we tend to think I would feel better if they were different, if they would give me what I need. And this is, oh, wonderful opportunity for us when this happens. And it happens to most of us every single day, Diane, where we make someone usually close to us, just like a sister, a father, a brother, a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a best friend to fulfill our needs. You know, we've made them the source of our well-being in some way. So our first, the first thing we want to address in this is God is your source and God is your supply. I like to say God is my only source and God is my only supply. So one of the great things we can hear in your request is you have a need for some empathy. And your sister is failing to provide that. And she, you know, we make people our God, you know, you be the God of the empathy I need today, you know, and now my God as you is failing me. So we want to see if we can ask the deepest innermost love of this universe, which is the innermost love of you to supply you with empathy. You know, empathy, I feel it is a human need. I sure need it. So now we want to be open to the empathy. It might come from a, a male man or a male woman. It might come from a kind word at the post office. It could come from a friend. So that's valid need. And we really want to open to empathy. The second thing I get, and this is very challenging for me often, is acceptance. You know, I would really like everyone to be the version of themselves that suits me the best. You know, that would really work well. <laughs> really, you know, that's what I need. I just need you to be how I need you to be. <laughs> and daggone it, that's not the way it goes. Shoot, right? So, you know, this is where we have to dig deep into, uh, you know, it's, it's a, I find acceptance to really require a high degree of spiritual maturity, right? I have to wake up out of little Angie and her needs, offer all little Angie and her needs to the universe. And I've got to stop making all the people around me, my God, who 
you know, you're my God and you've disappointed me. You know, you're my God and you didn't say it the right way. You're my God, meaning you're my source. Well, you're my sister. So you should be, I feel very righteous and I listen to you. So why can't you give me, I gave you empathy. Why can't you give me empathy? You know, it feels, I feel so righteous in that. I can get that. And yet acceptance that, you know, how your sister is right now is that, you know, either she does not experience empathy for you, which is every right not to, or she does experience empathy, but doesn't express it in a way that you understand, or she could be expressing the empathy and you're sort of blocked in receiving it. All, all those things, believe it or not, are possibilities. But when we, and when we open to God to be our source for the empathy, again, the deep eye of this universe, the innermost being, that's our true self. Our true self is God. And when I say that, I don't mean just your true self is God. God is omniscient, omnipresent everywhere. So as we allow the innermost outermost universe, one song to supply us with empathy, we tend to become more uh, tolerant of others being where they at because they're not our source. They're not our supply. So you say you feel hurt and annoyed, and that's actually a good thing. When we're hurt and annoyed, it's kind of letting us know, oh, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm looking for empathy in all the wrong places. That's your excellent internal guidance system, Diane, letting you know, like, you're not going to find what you want the way you're looking for it or from whom you're looking for it. So number one, Diane, we want you to reach deep within. We're going to do this together for you in the prayer for the empathy. Number two, we're praying for this major spiritual maturity thing of acceptance accepting life on life's terms, accepting people as they are. And then you say, I feel wearied with this one-sided relationship and I'm tending now not to reach out to her. So there's something we want to talk about there and to simply just respond or reply to her. So on one level, Diane, that could be kind of like you're right-sizing this relationship. You're rebalancing it. That could be your way of pulling back, making her your source for empathy, for a certain kind of friendship you need and want, okay? The shadow side of that is you may be now punishing her. Well, you know, you're not giving me the empathy, so, you know, I'm going to give you these terse answers. Yes, no, sure, whatever. You know, so we've got to be careful because when we punish another passive aggressively, it hurts our own hearts. It might feel good for like probably not even a whole second. You know, it, it can feel good just a tiny bit. But before you know it, you're feeling bad because you're not in your true nature. Right. So. You know, this can be a difficult needle to thread, right? To be present to your sister when you have it to give in the awareness that it may not be as, you know, back and forth as you want. 
And I think you're wise when you say, I try to talk to her about it and she's defensive. Then, then that's, that's, you've got a clear message there that she is not the space to work this out with you in this way, that this is really between you and you and finding grace within yourself to experience the empathy and the friendship you need from the universe and open your mind to wherever it comes from. God has so many distribution systems. Perhaps we're one of them today, us, prayer on the air. You know, we're going to empathize with you right now, darling. You know, so we want to open and and sometimes in ego, we can be very close-minded, you know, I want it from that person and I'm not receiving it from this person. You know, there's a person calling me, maybe I'm not calling them back that has loads of empathy for me. So we're, we're opening your mind to receiving the empathy and then we're opening you to this incredible state of deep acceptance of your sister. Now, the third thing I want to say, which you might not be interested in, not, not yet, but I'm still going to bring it up, is compassion is compassion for your sister. I don't know if any of you have ever been um, completely self-absorbed. I have, and I am at times. So I know what it's like to be so full of yourself. You know, you might not be with another person entirely. And I I can feel some compassion uh, for your sister. And it might be too close for you. So let me feel compassion for your sister. Let us feel compassion for your sister, for, you know, you know, if any of us have ever been in a very highly defensive state, you know, then we can have some compassion for that. You know, defense, according to Byron Katie, is the first act of war. And the only reason we're so defensive when we are so defensive is because we already are living in a sense of guilt and I just don't want you to make it worse. So I got to defend myself. So let us pray. As we turn within, I, I think of that, that uh, I don't know who said it, but something like, if you want to know, like, where you're at with your spiritual growth, you know, just family and holidays, they say family and holidays. <laughs> oh, really give it to us, right? So we claim right here, right now for Diane, that empathy is empathy, deep empathy for her life. We call forth empathy for Diane and everything she's walked through in life. Empathy for the strength and the courage that she has had to find her way forward through various challenge. We just bless Diane in pure, beautiful, healing empathy. We need to be empathized with, mirrored in our walk in this life, listened to really well. And sometimes it can seem like that really, you know, blessed high level listening is in short supply. It can appear that way. And yet in God, it is plentiful. In love, it is plentiful. So I claim for Diane a connection, a connection to source energy, sourcing her the empathy 
of this universe. I claim for her a capacity to accept life on life's terms. This includes accept her sister on the way she is. I claim for Diane so much empathy. So much empathy that she doesn't need her sister to change a hair on her head. She doesn't need her sister to be any different than she is. I claim profound acceptance. And I claim for Diane compassion. Compassion, as I talked about, for her sister and compassion for herself. This is hard. When you want to be close to someone and you need to be heard and empathized with for that closeness, and it's just not happening. So compassion all the way around. I accept something magnificent is already occurring as we release this into the prayer field. I let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 We'll move from Diane to Denise. Angela, I have anger and frustration with my life situation. Could you help me with the beginnings of release and forgiveness? So interesting, I feared I was calling Diane Denise, and you can see, can you all feel the perfect energy flow from that prayer request to this one? Because this is acceptance too. The anger and frustration any of us feel with our life situation is because we're in non-acceptance. Some form of, I did not sign up for this. I did not sign up for this. But clearly we're wrong. Because on some level, we signed up for this. We signed up for this challenge. I'm talking at the deepest level of being. At the deepest level of our being on a metaphysical, mystical point of view, uh, it it is thought that we are all at cause beings, at cause beings. And I know this is very difficult We're not saying anybody causes the cancer or causes the hardship or causes the divorce. We're not saying that. This is so much deeper. It means we're causing the spiritual growth. We're causing the evolution and the learning that is the pot of gold for us in moving through this trek. And so often we lose sight of the purpose of the lessons we go through. The purpose of the challenges we go through from a spiritual point of view, which is always joy and freedom. I would love to just stay in my own, you know, ego identified, you know, shtick. And I would love not to grow, and I would love just everything to work for me the way I need it to work. But when I have challenges that drop me to my knees, when I want to say, take this bitter cup from me, when I want to, you know, make my hands into fists and pound you know, and shake my fist to the heavens. No, no, no. That is me on an ego level resisting the dying unto my old self. So just like a snake, you know, 
grows new skin and moves out of old skin. We're all moving out of old identities that no longer serve the radiant light that we are. We are in earth school and we are transforming. You know, I remember, I think it was in health class in high school, learning about, you know, skin and how it's sloughing off. Dead skin is sloughing off all the time. I'm like, really? Oh my God. I, I was somehow shocked. And it's like, we're always in this evolution into love that we are. We are. We are here to evolve. I really like the first page of the first few pages of a book, The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. And that first chapter is called Pain and Problems. And the first paragraph on the first page is only three words, one sentence, and it's life is hard, period. (laughs) It is. And he goes on to say how most of us spend so much of our life just like I just said, shaking our fists that life is so hard. Like we just can't believe it. And like, well, it's harder for me because of my, my gender or my geographical region or my situation, my circumstances. Like we all have a reason why we believe our lives are harder than other lives. And, and, and we're just in a conversation about, oh, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be this hard. But when he says, when we finally accept life is hard, when we finally accept it, then life ceases to be hard. Because once it's accepted, it's just accepted. I've told this story before, but my father, uh, growing up in the Appalachian region of Virginia, I don't know exactly what happened, but somehow he was not given good um, oral hygiene and, and his teeth rotted out. He had teeth that weren't in the front of his mouth. And uh, I, I suspect it was because of that. But when my sister and I were growing up, he was honest like you wouldn't believe about brushing our teeth. You know, he's, he was so, he, I love my father so much. Oh. Anyway, but you know, it was like, get back there. Did you get around there? Did you get underneath there? And did you go back and forth? And, you know, da, da, da. And we, I was having one of these sessions in the bathroom with daddy teaching me to brush my teeth. I was about five. And I remember thinking, this is so hard. And I, and we were at my grandmother's house and I asked my dad, like, how often do I have to do this? And when he said every day, twice a day, I felt sucker punched. I felt like, like, no way you've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. And I remember my grandmother, this is my grandmother on my mother's side, but anyway, she had dentures and she just put it in like blue water in a cup. And I can remember thinking that night, the minute I'm old enough, I am going to pull all these teeth. And I'm going to get these dentures you can put in. And because just sticking them in the blue cup seemed so much easier than this laborious brushing. But the moral of the story is obviously through life, I accepted brushing my teeth. I didn't pull my teeth out. And I'm grateful to have the teeth I have in my mouth now. So once it got accepted, you know, are there some nice where it's like, oh, I got to brush my teeth. Sure. But generally it's not in the hard category anymore. <laughs> you know, 
And so beloved, beloved Denise, the anger and frustration always comes from, I do not accept this. And that's been, you know, I'm so, you know, very selfishly, I'm grateful for this prayer because I have a lot in my life that uh, I would like to be, well, I am a little bit in non-acceptance, you know, about, and so for me to move into deeper acceptance would be for me to move into this deeper spiritual maturity. And so I'm going to join you in this prayer, Denise, for myself and for you and for all for you listening, wherever this resonates for you, include yourself, even as you hold our sweet Denise in this. So here we go. Denise says, I have anger and frustration with my life situation. Could you help me with the beginnings of release and forgiveness? So we're going to begin with forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Forgiveness is about being for giving love rather than against giving love. When I'm in my immature, ego, petulant child, state, I want it my way, and this just does not suit me. And I am against giving love to what is, because I am waiting, and I'm entitled for it to be my way. So as we begin this prayer, Denise, we offer this, I could call it energy of the ego, the petulant child, I want it my way. We offer the resistance to the forgiveness, to the Holy Spirit, to the prayer field. And we call forth a deepening here and now for Denise, where she goes deeper into the exquisite spiritual maturity of God as her. And we call forth forgiveness. I'm forgiving love. I'm forgiving love to Denise in her struggle to let go and accept and let God In miracle-mindedness, we open to forgiveness of self, forgiveness. And wherever we would project onto another something that should not have happened, should not have been done, it was wrong, we're forgiving them love. We're not legislating it. We're not going, well, it wasn't so bad, so you can have a little love. We're not there. We're just simply giving it love. One person's wounded self bumps up against another wounded self, and we forgive. We're forgiving love. It's from this place of forgiveness, forgiving love, forgiving love, forgiving love, that I claim for Denise an openness to courage, the courage to accept what is, the courage to accept life on life's terms, the willingness to consider that these lessons may be absolutely divinely designed for the purpose of love and joy. I bless Denise in this forgiveness and this acceptance and the release follows naturally from there. The release of it should be different than the way it is. We're releasing it should be any different. I claim Denise is meeting whatever her life situation is with the love of God that she is. And for this, I'm grateful and thankful. Blessing Denise deeply and completely. 
I accept this forgiveness, this acceptance, this release, this compassion is at the center and circumference of her. I accept it as a new day. Something magnificent is happening as we pray. So we bow, we bow our heads, we bow our thinking to the intelligence of the heart. I let it be and so it is. Amen. 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 Hans, hello, Hans, says, I would like a prayer blessing for today. Blessings for today. And Denise actually wrote in as well. Thank you, Diane, for sharing your request for your sister and your sister's relationship. It applies so much to my own situation. Gratitude, empathy, and blessings from Denise to Diane. That's beautiful. So see how it works. See how love works. Ah, So we will begin to close in prayer. Just feel the spiritual nourishment that we receive when we consider living prayerfully, connected in concert with the deep love of our own being. We will pray out with Hans's request. And uh, keep one another in our hearts as we move forward in the week ahead. So let us simply breathe. One interpretation of a roomy poem is we all excuse me, we all wake up feeling scared and alone, find a way to kiss the ground, find a way into our gratitude. When I think of kissing the ground, I feel find a way into my humility. Find a way into my humility and my gratitude. Find a way into our humility and our gratitude. Humility, the meek shall inherit the earth. I interpret that to mean the meek of ego. Might we all, as we bless this day, per Hans's request for himself and for all of us, might we grow more humble? Might we open our mind to the way it is, whether it suits us or not, whether we're comfortable with it or not? Might we consider that it is holy just the way it is? That just the way it is with every challenge, every apparent hardship, every struggle. That there is a way to meet it with sublime grace and with even an attitude of welcoming. On that second page of M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled in that section on pain and problems, he goes on to say the wise individuals, the wise beings of the world actually learn to not only welcome problems, but the pain of problems. Because they're so wise, they're so wise, they can feel the goodness within them, that they have a gift to offer. I call forth and claim for you, for me, this 
incredible high vibrational frequency, this deep energy of wisdom. I claim acceptance and I claim humility. I really believe and I feel and I sense that with acceptance, with humility, with wisdom, we are available to life as the most amazing adventure. We're open to the blessings that are encoded within the challenges we face. I claim that we are, as prayer on, an, on the air, a community. I've often said we're a prayer cell, a prayer collective. And I bless this community, this collective. And I bless the extraordinary operations of the cell. That just as trees don't appear to be communicating, but now as trees have been studied more, there's these deep roots where trees communicate. I, I accept we have deep roots as this prayer cell, as prayer on the air. And in that deep roots, we can communicate within the prayer field to one another, not just when we meet on Mondays and not just when we listen to the podcast via a streaming service, but in a way that goes beyond time and space. There is really only one life here, and it is the life of wholeness. I am, you are, we are whole. I claim for each of us this week vision that we can experience the wholeness. So much of our suffering comes from viewing life in a way that we suspect something's missing. It's fragmented. It's not all there. I'm missing this piece, that piece. I claim for us that we go forward realizing in the awakened state that nothing is missing. Life is whole. You are whole. I am whole. In this awareness, I feel the completeness of this word. I release it to the prayer field. I release it to fruitfulness. I release it to it bearing fruit. I let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you all so much. Thank you.